2: The black-clad man drew himself up arrogantly. Once I was called Elan Morin Tendroni, but now... Betrayer of Hope. It was a whisper from Luz Theron. Memory stirred, but he turned his head, shying away from it. So you do remember some things. Yes, Betrayer of Hope. So have men named me, just as they name you, Dragon. But unlike you, I embrace the name. They gave the name to revile me, but I will yet make them kneel and worship it. The Eye of the World Prologue. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my wonderful friend Tracy.
0: Aww, I'm here with my delightful friend Amber.
2: And this is the road to Tarvalen. And today, Oof. We... your quote. Your <laughs> quote. Today I've been trying is so hard all about to just
0: be quiet. Yeah.
2: Yeah. shamiel as tracy <laughs> shamiel. likes to call him
0: i just her voice always always i've been walking around Whose voice? uh is it dana dina she's the um the innkeeper or barkeeper at the the one in that matt and rand stop at in the tv show and at the end of it, she has this moment where she's, like, talking about Shamayel. And she's like, and 3,000 years later, we remember his name, Shamayel. And the way she says it, it's been in my head all day. All day.
1: Stupid.
2: All
0: day. Stupid.
2: So, <laughs> before we jump into it, the
1: mm-hmm. first
2: half of this episode will be, like, relatively spoiler-free as per usual, with our 101 episodes. And then after that, we are jumping into the deep dive, big spoilery bits. And I guess we should start off with Ishamayel, the spoiler-free background info.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, he's a... I mean, as we know him in the series as Ishamayel, he's, like, the big baddie, I guess. Like, among the Forsaken, he's the most forsaken <laughs> He does
2: have the very stereotypical, big, epic, fantasy, baddie vibe. Like, when yeah. he is introduced into the story, prologue of Eye of the World, you're like, okay... He's obviously the one that we need to be looking out for. He's the most menacing, I feel Mm. like, of all Mm -hmm. of the people in the first book, especially Mm -hmm. coming from that prologue, because Mm -hmm. a lot of bits and pieces are dropped in there, but Mm -hmm. the bigger meaning behind what he's saying in the prologue isn't fully developed until further on through the story. So you get these pieces and you're like, who the hell is this guy?
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And who's the other guy?
2: Why should we care about him?
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly.
0: Almost in some ways, I think we get how Ashamael sees himself in that prologue where he puts himself as like the guy against the dragon. And it's almost like he's chosen himself to be the champion of the dark, the way that the pattern pushes out the dragon reborn to fight for the light. And I find it interesting that it's like something he's kind of Assigned to himself in some ways. At least that's like how it feels to me for so much of the storyline.
2: Yeah, because he's, from what we know, he's arguably the first Mm -hmm. to join the side of the shadow. And we don't get a lot of information about the Age of Legends when we get Mm -hmm. his backstory. Like there's bits Mm -hmm. and pieces here and there. Mm
0: -hmm. But
2: what's most interesting about Shamael or Elon, mm-hmm. his, his real name, his first name, I guess.
0: The Forsaken Tenderoni,
2: yes, that's who it is. <laughs> yes, it's the uh, due to his background and his job and his beliefs. Uh huh. Uh-huh. He's the one who decided. Hey, look, I think it's probably best if. I join the other side here or mm-hmm. this this other entity. I don't really want to call it a side because
1: mm.
2: it's almost like a, a feeling of spirituality. Like there's mm. not religion in this world, but there is a definite universal belief in the pattern and the creator and being reborn. So, like, there's no real, I'm doing air quotes, religion, but just Mm -hmm. this universal Mm -hmm. idea that is accepted by everyone in this world.
0: I actually, so one of the things that I pulled about uh, Ishamayel during the Age of Legends while he is Elon is that he is a renowned theologian and philosopher. And... yes of what I want to know what religion he's studying is it a contemporary religion is it a historic religion like I'm just really curious about that because we really like you said there's no real religion quote unquote in the wheel of time in the age that we're reading in so I'm like what is it that he's studying that like is influencing what his writings are Do you think that
2: it's probably just this universal truth that they believe in the wheel of time, that Mm
1: -hmm. there
2: is a creator and that souls are respun and there's the great pattern of the wheel of time? So Mm -hmm. I I would assume personally that he's just studying this, how it works, what are the what are the truths of this? How do yeah. we know for real? You know, and if there is a side of if there is a creator, then there has to be the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Two heads of the coin here. And and maybe that's what he's focusing on.
0: Well, I think you're I think you are absolutely correct, especially when you look at the titles of these books. Robert Jordan does such a good job of creating characters that he's even like these are the titles of the books this guy has written um, but it says so much about him where okay so it's analysis of perceived meaning reality in the absence of meaning and the disassembly of reason these are like the three main titles that he is as Elon before becoming a Shamayel, he is renowned Among circles, certain circles for his train of thinking that he's put into these publications. And it's just really interesting how he takes this and twists it all around and is like, oh, you know what? At some point, (laughs) the Dark One is going to win. I think that's the side I want to be on. He just has to win once. I'm going to hang out over there.
2: Yeah, he he definitely has this almost nihilistic approach
1: mm, to
0: mm-hmm. things. Yeah.
2: Where, like, does anything actually mean anything at all? Like, is there any point to this? And we know that during the first signs of the breakdown during the Age of Legends, so, like, these first moments where we start seeing signs of upheaval I guess Mm -hmm. he's the one who's assigning himself to the side of the dark and Mm -hmm. he's almost this person who I want to say stages like a (laughs) an announcement almost Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I am turning to this side because this makes sense and Mm -hmm. he has his reasons for doing it and it's his belief that the war between the shadow and Luz Theron has gone on for an infinite amount of times. And he's theorized that Luz Theron has succumbed to the dark before. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the reasons why he's trying to influence him and not only beat Luz Theron, but Mm -hmm. just pull him to the side of the dark really, really hard. Like this is his way out, Mm -hmm. his way of, Creating an end to this eternal spinning of the wheel, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's just intriguing how he gets to this thought process that there's this whole big thought process that goes into who he is, who he becomes. And when you were talking about how he like orchestrates his announcement, like he does it at some sort of like conference. Where there are people who are coming together to try to address riots, famine, the insecurity of the time period that they're living through. And so he comes in and is like, so yeah, guys, not so much for me anymore. And it kicks off more riots. And so like, even just his announcement is this almost score for the dark one more chaos more riots more instability just by standing up and being like not so much not my thing anymore
2: yeah and him doing this leads to others following him because he's such an influential person yes we talk about in the age of legends if you're Somebody who's important, someone mm-hmm. who has status, mm-hmm. then you're afforded these three names, mm-hmm. which he has, mm-hmm. so we know that he's an important person, yeah, and him having this announcement is mm-hmm. just you know think of I'm just trying to think of someone who is really influential in our time, like just someone who everyone universally believes is a genius, you know, like it would be like <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> oh, man. to think. Stephen Hawking's or something being like look like there is evidence that this is what's happening and Mm -hmm. from this moment on this is like my life's intention like doing this like Mm -hmm. this is what makes sense so follow me
0: Mm -hmm. and people would and it was the same effect on these people living through this breakdown in the age of legends I mean that has I'm just thinking about it like someone that smart calmly standing up and being like all signs point to this i can totally see where people would be like okay Mm -hmm. i mean maybe he's got something i mean again like back to the tv show with dina where she's like we want to break the wheel to make the world better or just maybe not even better to change it because i don't yeah there's really no assumption that it's going to be better. And for Shamael, I think it's the destruction part that he's looking for. I
2: also think it's it's an end of suffering for a lot of people because yeah, at this point in the Age of Legends, we're seeing these first moments of this time period kind of like breaking apart, mm-hmm. and in a time where there is, from what we know, it's supposed to be almost a perfect idyllic society, mm-hmm. when things start going wrong, I could imagine that it would be very confusing and very chaotic for mm-hmm. people who have never gone through tragedy or want yeah, or need mm-hmm. for that matter. Mm-hmm. So when you see all of these problems rising and you're like, hey, this is the answer. This is the way out. I'm sure yeah. people are going to be like, oh, yeah, okay. Like,
1: yeah I'm in,
2: yeah, and then when we see in specifically in the t v show which i I love that they did this, I think this was one of my favorite lore drops within the show because it made so much sense to me is mm-hmm. Dana being like this this life, this you know this place that we're living, it's just one day after an next it's it's dark, it's you know people are suffering, yeah, we're tired of it yeah. and In Ishamael's case, he was tired of being spit back out. You know, he didn't want to be reborn. He doesn't want to go through (laughs) this Mm -hmm. eternal spitting out of the souls by the great pattern. Mm -hmm. And so the only way that he can think to fix this is for the side of the dark, the side of the shadow, to win, to end it.
0: Oof, that was really well explained.
2: I think so, too. I think yeah. so, too. Yeah, you. The show so. did a great job. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean me? <laughs> no, the way that, yeah, the way that you meant- summed it
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant that was really well done on the show, and I was like, I know, right? <laughs> I mean you can say that about your own intelligence too and I'm totally down for it but yeah (laughs) thank you thank you you're welcome you're welcome in both cases I agree with you and I think it also does a good job of setting up the fact that like the dragon and this forsaken in particular are going to be like our head on head battle that we're going to be driving towards yeah
2: he's Definitely the adversary of Luz Theron
1: mm-hmm. and
2: the reborn big time version of Luz Theron. <laughs> right. We have this, you know, whole school of thought. We have Ishamael doing his thing, mm-hmm. and then we have the strike on Shale Ghoul. We have yep. Luz Theron, Telemond, and his 100 ish companions, male companions who. Strike Mm -hmm. at the dark one and seal the boar. And then, you know, we get that information and it's like, but wait, there's more.
0: (laughs) Right, right. In my notes, I think I wrote it in as let's see here sealed, half sealed, not sealed at all.
2: Yes. And I love this so much because I don't think it is something that a lot of people commonly know who read the series.
0: Yeah, I didn't. This is one of those parts where, like, Ashamael gets a lot of questions from me because we at least know that he has an influence in the world in a way that none of the other Forsaken do. And I don't really know if we ever get a, a, a real full explanation for it in the book series, why this happens. And so I was just like, I don't know. Yeah, so
2: let's let's explain that a little bit deeper. So it is a general thought, it is believed that Ishmael was only partially trapped in the right. seal on the boar. So this right. allows him to influence the world in ways that the other forsaken cannot. And uh-huh. the only real evidence that we have of that in world is that there are some manuscripts that survived since the seal on the boar that there mm-hmm. are sightings and encounters mm-hmm. with the Shamayel, which mm-hmm. shouldn't be allowed to happen if he's
1: mm-hmm.
2: nice and neatly tucked away in the boar yes. with the seal. Yes. Yep. So this writer of said manuscripts was a man named Aaron, son of Milan, son of Sennar. The name alone makes me think it was an Ogier. Same, yeah. And born in 50 AB, so that's 50 years after the breaking, Mm -hmm. this man who was considered a writer of very strict honesty put together this manuscript, and there's only, you know, torn pieces, you know, just like the bare minimum Mm -hmm. amount of words written that survives till what we see in our timeline in the eye of the world mm-hmm. but these documents hint that there's this thesis by this I'm guessing Ogir, but then there are also interviews of mm-hmm. others that are supporting his idea because a number of dark friends thought at the time that they were interviewed that they have received personal instructions mm-hmm. from a Shamayel so mm-hmm. again Wait, like going back Right. Again, going back to the show, this is like Dana saying, you know, he comes to me in my dreams. Like I see him
1: Mm -hmm. and
2: I I can't get over, I can't say it enough how well I think the show handled that because Mm -hmm. it is so much clearer in this manner (laughs) than what we get in the story where it's like, well, you know, this guy wrote some stuff. So we kind of think that. But in the show, it's like, no, this is cut dry, really easy to understand. Mm -hmm. Love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as far as like, whether or not half sealed or not sealed at all. So I was wondering, like, how does this happen? Because one of the questions that gets kind of thrown up around this whole situation is the fact that Ishamael has this encounter with Luce there and like from the. The part that you read from the prologue in Eye of the World. And this has happened after the sealing of the boar. So if the boar is already sealed, how is the Shamael there? And it, it actually like when I was reading through stuff, I didn't really find a solid answer, but I found one I feel is a good answer from inside the Wheel of Time companion. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it if you don't mind real quick. Yeah. Ishamael at first believed that he had escaped the entrapment at Shale Ghoul, and indeed he was free to move and confront Lucerne. That began driving him mad. He believed that the Dark One was sealed away again forever, and that he was left alive but without immortality in a world which was rapidly being destroyed. And it actually, like, it goes on to say that this is not the case, that he has escaped it but only for a short period of time and then the seals somehow just like suck him back in like that's basically what it says is like the seals at some point decide to absorb him back into the boar but then it's like every thousand years or so he shows up again for somewhere between 20 and 40 years and has this moment of being able to like wreak havoc in the Westlands Mm -hmm. To certain degrees of success.
2: Yeah, it's really hard to think about, like to envision, because visually, I'm, you know, you want to look at it almost like a cave where the the entrance and exit is blocked, like you can't walk in or out, like you're stuck in there. But within the wheel of time, it's metaphysical. So it's like, it's not like a literal bore, hole in the ground. It right. is... Almost think of it as like particles of energy or something, you know, like yeah, something being able to influence via dream almost. And we know Ishmael has his tricks. He can mm-hmm. show up in people's dreams for the mm-hmm. most part. So like, is it almost just like he has this state of consciousness where he's like, okay, and then he's like reaching out for others, like feeling his way in the world like via almost like telekinesis, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where he can influence people that way. It's not like one day he's like, "Oh, the bore is open," and goes he on just a little on stroll,
1: out. yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then gets literally sucked back in. Yeah, so it's really hard for me, anyways, to visualize this.
0: Yes, it's in my head. It's super like wispy and weird. Like he starts kind of like fading away. And <laughs> i'm melting i'm melting like i don't know like he just (laughs) he just gets kind of like sucked back in somehow because i was like if he if he escaped the boar but then we know that he shows back up again later did he die of natural causes is this the pattern pushing him back out is it the dark one releasing him like how is this choice made, or is it just kind of like a an alarm every thousand years? That the board decides to like shake him out for a little bit and see what happens. Like <laughs> Off you go.:
2: <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mean, it's, again, it's not like he's shaken out, like right. He, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I see exactly how you're saying it in yeah. my head.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> like, Thanks, I'm glad. <laughs> Because it is one of those things that's a little, like, it's a little tricky to kind of grasp the whole concept about it. I, at least it is for me. Not, and maybe not necessarily so much the concept of visualizing it is hard.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming off of this cent three-body <laughs> show
1: mm-hmm.
2: where we're dealing with a lot of things like energy and matter mm. and...
1: Mm-hmm
2: thinking about it in this way of like energy almost being able to escape a certain area, it not being contained to a certain area. Like almost I don't know, I'm almost thinking of like electricity or something. Mm-hmm. Like if he can somehow like reach out with his mind, I guess, like mm-hmm. he's able to turn that lamp on in the world. And that's what he does. Mm-hmm. I also have a really, like, when I was reading all of this, I had that, like, epiphany moment where I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Because, so we have, you know, major upsets Mm -hmm. in the world within the Wheel of Time. The Trolloc Wars were a huge deal. This is what basically killed everyone in Mm Minethrin and only left a few survivors. And, you know, the whole makeup of the world had changed and moved and nations were apart and then together Mm -hmm. and forming allies and really like fighting against this massive force of Trollocs and Shadowspawn wreaking havoc on the world like Mm -hmm. with no breath like it just Mm -hmm. it came in waves and waves and the only chance of survival for everyone was pretty much to band together at yeah. this point. And when they when that didn't happen, we're talking about massive casualties mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we have also the War of a Hundred Years. Mm-hmm. But yep. the scholar Aaron, son of Malan, son of Sinar. We're attaching this theory of Ishamayel, like, being able to influence and touch the world
1: mm-hmm. to
2: so many of these big mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. that have pretty much destroyed a peaceful time
1: mm-hmm.
2: and has destroyed any chance of advancement in the mm-hmm. world within the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. So why don't they have, you know, we know in the Age of Legends they had... Pretty much like flying vehicles. Mm -hmm. They had Mm -hmm. what we would consider like electronics. Mm -hmm. Like it was really, really advanced more than what in our like real life, what we have. Mm -hmm. So, why is it from the time of the Age of Legends all the way to the Eye of the World, they have not had any major advancement whatsoever? Yeah. Like, this is my theory. This is my big theory. Like, Ishamayel knew that any type of advancement in this Mm -hmm. world would make it too easy for the side of the light just to decimate Trollocs and Shadowspawn, these henchmen of the shadow. And, like, you know, like, there's a good reason. Like, you don't want... If you're Ishamayel, you don't want guns. You don't want cannons. (laughs) Because those Trollocs aren't going to last up against that. So if you can keep wreaking havoc and putting a stop to any advancement, Mm -hmm. like, that's huge. Mm -hmm. We're talking, like, 3,000 years in the Wheel of Time from, like, the Trolloc Wars to the current timeline, and there was nothing. Nothing. Like, in our timeline, in, like, the past 2,000 years, we Mm. went from riding horses to reaching the moon. Yeah. And that was one thing within the series within like the main series that I always kind of had a problem with where I was Uh like I just I don't know if I find that believable because humans are just the rate of advancement is so exponential and as soon as you figure one thing out and then it's like boom 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 and you're making giant leaps and here it's like still riding horses and you know, you know like taking just... ships and no light bulbs <laughs> all right <laughs>
0: at, at the same time though i mean like the egyptians existed and i mean lots of groups of people existed for thousands of years without ever like reaching the advancements of technology that this current chapter of humanity has experienced So perhaps, like, the proper combination of making that happen just hasn't really been fully in place until recently. Like, I don't necessarily know, like, what all links up to, like, make us the society that we are. However, I I think that that also points to Ishamael being a disruptive force of making sure that it doesn't happen, you know? Like, if there are factors to make it happen, there are definitely factors to make sure it does not happen. And he'd know.
2: I mean, even within the, like, the visual landscape of, let's, if we're even just talking about advancement in terms of, like, buildings. Yeah. Like, the Egyptians, like,
0: the pyramids of (laughs) Giza
2: are a wonder of the world. Like, they created some astonishing stuff. Like their True. knowledge of medicine mm-hmm. and i mean embalming even yeah like surgery in
0: surgery yeah <laughs>
2: yeah and new spring we have people chewing up bread and using it as a poultice so that there's no <laughs> infection like it's it's astonishing almost and we don't mm-hmm. even have the only buildings that are like awe inspiring within the Wheel of Time are the ones built by the Ogier mm-hmm. and the people that can channel. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is just left over from the Age of Legends when they were really advanced. Mm-hmm. So, Stone of Tear, like we've got some yeah. really incredible stuff. But within, you know, the Third Age and before that, there's mm-hmm. just not a lot of. There's not much going on. People aren't really doing anything. They're just trying to make it by and share their sheep and live simply.
0: Well, and I mean, Ishmael's purpose was to destabilize human civilization. Like, yeah, success.
2: Betrayer of
0: hope. Yeah.
1: It's
0: in the name,
2: guys. Yeah. If you can't, (laughs) if there's no advancement, there's no hope. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And that just like survival mode getting through to the next day. Like, yeah. So, can we talk about the, how he's a dark one wannabe? Sure, but just before I move <gasps> on from Please.
2: this current uh topic here. Yeah, sorry. There there's one uh quote that I found within the main series that I found just because Ishamael said it doesn't mean that it's true. Right. But there's a moment where he's, he's Confronted by someone, and he, re- Shemayel, responds to that in anger, and the quote is: "This person is saying, you know, like this creed of like the dark one and all the forsaken are bound in shale ghoul, and Ishamael is like fool I have never been bound.'
0: Ooh. So, ooh, I
2: just, I. You never know. Like, is it Shmuel just being
0: his braggadocious self?
2: Yeah, is he just being like that, or is there like real weight behind it? Ooh, I, I feel like even him saying, "I have never been bound."
1: Mm-hmm. You could
2: say it like, "I've never been fully
0: bound." Mm-hmm. Like, I've
2: always been able to influence but not necessarily like I wasn't bound at all.
0: Mhm. Yeah, like part of it feels like it's just it's just the reincarnation that occurs because of the wheel of time because the pattern. But at the same time, he is attached to the boar and like in all of this he is somehow sealed it seems. But Mm -hmm. maybe that's just the appearance and maybe this is maybe this is his choice. Maybe he likes thousand year long naps.
2: I mean, if I had the choice (laughs) to enjoy sleep.
0: Right? But I mean, it feels as though there's like a time limit put on how long he has to make his influence felt. Like, Mm -hmm. During the Trolloc Wars, like, one of the things that I read was, like, he just barely had a chance to get that kicked off before he started fading away and being sucked back towards the boar again. But then also the same with his service to arthur Hawkwing, where he was there and then realized he wouldn't be and then starts, like, trying to fracture what Hawkwing has built up. I don't, I don't think he has a choice about how long he stays unsealed. Out and about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On holiday? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really weird, but it's really interesting that he gets these, like, I don't know, sabbaticals from the boar? Yeah.
1: Like
0: little breaks? Because none of the other Forsaken get this. It's just him. I mean, as far as we know of. None of the other forsaken admit to being able to have this level of influence while they are sealed away.
2: Yeah. And too, he is one of the most powerful of the forsaken in in general. Mm-hmm. So maybe that has something to do with it as well.
0: Yeah. I think what is it? Ravine is like the only one among the forsaken that either yeah. like come close or match him for power and only Rand is listed as able to match him for strength Mm -hmm. so
1: so spoilers then
0: i'm down i'm
2: down okay so if you have not read (laughs) the wheel of time in its entirety entirety listening yeah and uh spoilers for the tv show too well since we're in the spoiler section i would say that covers everything do you have a specific spot where you would like to start I think it's interesting looking at Ishamael's timeline in the Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. how short lived it is. I mean, he's built up to be this big baddie. So, you know, we see him, boom, very beginning, Eye of the World prologue. And then we see him last in chapter 55 of The Dragon Reborn, Heart yeah. of
0: Stone, mm-hmm. turned to dust.
2: Yeah, Moraine kills Bilal and then Rand kills Ashamael with Kalendor and is like, mm-hmm. that's it. See you later, Ishamael. It's been good to know you. <laughs> like, apparently not that big of an adversary for, for Rand. I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah, Rand like-
0: has defeated him every single time.
2: That also goes along with Ishamael's plan though, I feel like, because Ooh. Ishamael isn't trying to kill Rand. He's not trying to kill the dragon reborn. He's trying to bring him to the other side. That's true. Hey buddy, like join <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> Let's hang out.
2: But again, like not not very smart if, you know, you want to live. <laughs> yeah. You keep getting wrecked by this sheep herder who has no <laughs> idea what he's doing with the one power.
0: <sighs> well, is and, and Ishamael is using the true power. I think one of the things that I read last night was that when Rand was going after him with Kalindor, Ishamael could not pull enough of the true power to be able to combat Rand's enhanced power with Kalindor. And so even with that, like, he wasn't strong enough. Yeah, that's
2: true. Yep. That's true. <laughs> But I will say, like, as far as the Ishmael timeline goes, <laughs> we have, you know, first two books, then he's gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or no, the first three books, and then he's gone. And then, and then, in A Crown mm-hmm. of Swords,
1: mm-hmm.
2: we meet a new man. <laughs> he's a new man. This new man. this He's a bit of a dandy.
0: <laughs> right. I think it's Mogideon who observes that he's pretty enough that if it weren't for his chin, Grendel would want him for one of her pets. Tall, dark hair, striking blue eyes. Robert Jordan. Yes. (laughs) Like, in maybe mid-twenties? Yep. So, Morden. Morden. So, Morden
2: is the the re-spawning, the re-spinning of... Is Shamiel, and he's got a new mm-hmm. face, new body, new name. New attitude. Yeah, he does have a new attitude. Mm-hmm. So we have this moment in chapter 20 where we are introduced to a man. We don't get to learn who he is right away. Mm-hmm. But he's watching Samael and Grendel leave while arguing, and he learns that Samael is claiming to have a truce with Rand.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: so anyway Samael, Grendel having a little bit of a quarrel right now and they're fighting over who's going to become Nablus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think this is important for Moradin's story Ishamael's story because he does eventually become Nablus mm-hmm. and this is the moment that he's introduced so he's coming in at a time where All of the Forsaken are vying for Daddy's attention.
0: (laughs) Do you feel as though there's like, I mean, first off, yes. Do you feel as though there's ever a time where you as the reader question that Ishamayal is going to be Nablus?
2: Honestly, I never really cared, so I never really (laughs) thought about it. Like, the idea of the the Nablus just mm-hmm. feels like it's bring me back to catholic school bible studies where mm. it's you know like everybody wants to in this case like i'm talking about like catholicism like god everybody mm-hmm. wants to be on god's good side right like right, everybody is yeah. like i'm the best you know like mm-hmm. pick me
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i want to go to the me. happy
2: place me, 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 me.
1: Yeah. yeah
2: i want to go to the good place so like pick me i'm good and yeah. you can only get there by doing the things that, you know, whoever's on top, whoever's in charge, you're, you You got to follow these orders and you got to do the best you can. So, yeah. to me, Nablus was nothing new than, nothing other than the things that I learned having to go to Catholic school. But it's just flipped huh. and it's like the side of, you know, evil. It's the same yeah. pecking order, the same, you know, spiel. <laughs> so, I don't know. For Ishmael getting that, I think that that fits, I mm-hmm. would say, because mm-hmm. specifically when he comes back as Moradin, you said he does have a new attitude, he has a new way of presenting himself,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I think that the Forsaken as a whole, like, they're all trying to climb over each other, and he kind of feels, like, outside of that in a way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I agree. Like, above it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, there's... Almost everything that I read talked about how like calm he was and almost mechanical in going through the motions of getting things in place to where they needed to be so that he could just end it. Like he just wanted to end it. He wanted to end everything. Like his things that used to look wanted like, to
2: end himself even.
0: Yeah. There's kind of a joke in a way of him being named Moradin because it Translates into death. And like when I first read it, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, to like show how deadly he is. Blah, blah, blah. But I think it's more a joke where it's this is what you want and you will not get. He is brought back as his punishment. He's given life as a punishment because the Dark One knows he just wants to like end it all. It's just done it's his greatest wish
2: mm-hmm. to die so completely that mm-hmm. he's not spun back into the pattern so yep. it's you know it's as though the dark one knew this was his desire yep. so when he was considering this it was like no i'm bringing you back that's punishment some quotes from Morden in general to like solidify this because we're told this but like to hear what hear it in his own words I feel like makes you like believe how much like what his desire was Mm -hmm. and I mean this happens all the way at the very end of the series in a memory for light chapter four
1: Mm -hmm.
2: where Rand's telling him you know you hate yourself I can feel it in you Mm
1: -hmm.
2: once you served him for power and now you do it because his victory is an end to all things Mm -hmm. and you'd rather not exist than continue to be you you must know that he will not release you not ever not you and then when they go back to this conversation Mm. it's almost 20 chapters later morden is laughing and he's like now now you beg me to return from the light i have been promised oblivion finally nothing a destruction for my entire being an end you will not steal that from me loose there mm. by my grave you will not so like this is everything that he is striving for like this is what is motivating him and mm-hmm. i would say this is his greatest cause of being who he is and how he is
0: mm-hmm. no i agree with you like nihilistic like you said at the beginning he is nihilistic but it's definitely like a massive influence on like what he does like, there are some things that he does that are a bit baffling in the moment. And, like, the biggest one that jumps out to me is when they're at Shadar Logoth and Rand and Moore are there. And, like, this is actually, like, a big plot point where they both <laughs> aim b- balefire at the mist of Shadar Logoth, And they cross their beams and kind of, like, bounce back at each other. And from that mm-hmm. point on, they're like connected in some way. Yeah. What is it? Like Rand becomes nauseous, like every time he reaches for the source. Like...
2: Yeah, he's not sure at this point if it is the taint on Sidine or if it's something else. Yeah. But I think he's assuming it's just the taint on Sidine. And this is yeah. one of the reasons he cleanses <laughs>
0: hey, Yeah.
2: He cleanses it. Yeah. But he doesn't know that. Not only is he starting to merge with Moradin via being able to feel him, but mm-hmm. his thoughts and ideals start to merge with Rand a little bit, too.
0: hmm Yeah, so, like, when Rand loses his hand, like, from Semarag, like, Morden is pissed. Like, he feels it, one, but he's also mad because now... His adversary, like he's actually doing as many things as it seems possible for him to do and get away with it to make sure that Rand does get to the last battle. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to change his mind anymore. He just wants everything to end. And so he's like, I guess this is how it's gonna go. One of is gonna win. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think it's really cool how within the story, this merging of the two take place and then how it becomes the big finale ending of the story, I guess. There's a moment in Crossroads of Twilights where Rand is thinking some things Mm -hmm. and he attributes it to Luz Theron, but Mm -hmm. in retrospect, I think it was a Mm Shamayel. And he's thinking that He says, did he think the creator had decided to stretch out a merciful hand after 3,000 years of suffering? The creator had made the world and then left humankind to make it of what they would. a Heaven or the pit of doom by their choosing, the creator had many worlds, watched each flower die and gone to make endless worlds beyond. A gardener did not weep for each blossom that fell. And mm-hmm. then in parentheses it says Luce Theron nods in approval. So like it's not Luce Theron's thoughts that he's thinking in my mm-hmm. opinion. It's actually Morden's Morden. thoughts. Huh. And so like the the souls and the thoughts and the ideas are slowly combining and it's just wild to think that all of that literally ends on Morden getting his wish, mm-hmm. getting what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Tricky, like death—the true mm-hmm. death—and mm-hmm. Rand taking his body. <laughs> it's like the the pulling of the souls together is such a weird thing in this series. Like, there's only one other character that I can think of. That that happens to where it's not like a, where it's two human characters, you mm-hmm. know, like not like a Pot and Fane moment where he's a lot of different things and not all of them are quite human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. Yeah. The, the Lord Luke Esam connection, like, mm-hmm. is that similar to what happens with them? Like,
1: mm.
2: I don't know. I don't, I don't understand how that would happen to Slayer. It has to be, you know, obviously some work of the shadow, but...
0: It's a good question, though. Like, how do two people become one person, but then still two people? Right? How does that happen? How do their, like, brains, their souls, their bodies overlap to become one, but carry both? I don't get it. It's wild.
2: That's one of those big, like, slayer questions that I'm like, I'll never know, I guess, Mm -hmm. but... With Rand and Moradin, I think it is a fitting ending. I would say that it feels it feels earned in the end. Like I thought it was a good ending. Mm -hmm. I like how that turns out.
0: Mm -hmm. It gives a balance. And I mean, I feel like I read somewhere that what allowed this to happen, this like swap of soul to body for Moradin and Rand, was that Moradin Shamil. Was seeking death so desperately while Rand's soul was seeking life. And because they'd had that like balefire bounce back connection, mm-hmm. who's the channeler that's with them that helps with this? Because she's, like, she's the one that I think Min points out like way back in a viewing. Like there's going to be someone who will be there, I think. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. No, I don't have the name of her in my notes, but. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. And that's when the whole, like, they both bail fire, Mashadar at the same time.
0: Yeah, they cross the streams. Never cross the streams! Totally do. Ghostbusters moment. Yeah, so, like, the fact that, like, they were both in this way seeking. And they had had this, like, weird connection. It's so, like, it's one of those things that you see set up in the book. And, like, for me... I, was, I wasn't necessarily expecting that. Like, I knew that Rand somehow got to survive, but I didn't know how. And then when it happened, and Morden... T- Rand in the Morden suit <laughs> like, rides <laughs> off into the sunset, leaving behind his, like, three women. I don't know how else to phrase it at the moment, apparently. It um, is so Western. It is such a Western. So Western. <laughs> so Western.
2: Like... The wheel of time is a western. Totally, don't is. at me. It's true. <laughs> if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but it's the truth.
0: I I feel it. I feel it more and more as I read it. It just has like a weird western <laughs> western vibe to it. Yeah, Olivia. Olivia is her name. Thank you. Thank you for your help. Hi, Lord Tatara. I think in some ways it's it's anticlimactic. It's kind of an anticlimactic ending for Ishamael. Rest in peace, buddy. Thanks for playing. I don't
2: think so. You don't think so? No. Okay. It feels completely fitting. Ishamael, like, he came in with a whimper. Like, really? And he went out with one, too. (laughs)
0: Like, it's
2: so fitting.
0: (laughs) So he met your expectations?
2: Here's the thing his whole search, his whole, like, want, the thing that he needed, the thing that he. Felt most like passionate about was dying. Like he wanted this to end. Like he was tired of rebirth and the respinning of the wheel. Like he was just done with it all. Yeah. So, like in that moment when Rand and Morden's souls are connected and the bodies become connected as well from the Balefire Cross these two bodies like these two souls the one that wanted to live finds the body that wanted to live and the soul that wanted to die doesn't go for that effort Mm -hmm. so like to me it was like more than just kind of yeah tapping out and being like alright, like, this is fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm picturing the image, the meme of, like, the little dog (laughs) sipping coffee where it's, like, fire behind it. This Mm -hmm. is fine. This This is is fine.
0: fine. I love this. It's essentially,
2: like, what he was aiming for. Not exactly the same thing, but he got what he wanted. Mm -hmm. This could have happened anywhere in this series, but we wait till the very end for this, and Mm -hmm. it's just... I don't know, like, he's just this sad man that Mm -hmm. got what he wanted in the end, and I think it's poetic in a way, because for me, like, the big fight, the big battle between Rand and the Dark One, slash Rand and Moradin, like, on the side, because he's not really fighting the Dark One, but he's just running through the...
1: Mm-hmm.
2: what ifs what the world would look like without the dark one yeah. with the dark one like kind of weird to, <laughs> hard to explain but
0: it's a choose your own adventure with the dark one yeah yeah
2: <laughs> but the big climax for me is the last battle in general like the fighting that's out on the battlefield and what's going on with oh yeah yeah the actual like warring like yes. what's going on with tam and
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I I love Joel the...
2: and Matt yes. and
0: Oh Hinders like, tap. Sorry.
2: Yeah. There's so much oh. happening there mm-hmm. that it kind of makes sense that Rand and Morden are in this battle of wills mm-hmm. and spirit and souls. Hmm. Because essentially, like, they are these two halves of the light and the dark. Like, their fight doesn't need to be with swords, and I feel like that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, Rand only has one hand, so, like, (laughs) he's not sword fighting anyone.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's not a bad swap, really. This guy is tall, he's handsome, he's well built, like, he has two hands, no tattoos. Agreed, and...
2: Yeah, it, it might be a little anticlimactic, but I feel like it's fitting and it makes sense. And I didn't mind that part. But at the same time, like it wasn't, those weren't the chapters that I was excited to keep going back to. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to, I wanted, you know, like take me back to the battlefield. I want yes. to know what's going on with Tam mm-hmm. and the archers or
1: mm-hmm.
2: Elaine where's La- or. Where's land? Where's Lan? Where's yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's Egwene doing over mm-hmm. here? What oh, about Brigida? Oh,
0: so god, like it's. <laughs> I'm it's reliving it fitting. in my head right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh god. But it's fitting that like the soft-spoken battle between Rand and Moradin is. Something like to the size, something almost intimate and almost quiet for that matter, because the story's just not about Randolph or the dragon reborn, like, yeah, he's just this catalyst, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, he kind of is the main character, and Morden is in his own way as well, but yeah, it's a fitting you know way to go out, and it's almost peaceful and mm-hmm. I appreciate that.
0: I like that. I like that viewpoint. Instead of me just being like, that's it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally get where people would be like... I like your viewpoint far better. And I can absolutely see it being like a poetic ending. Like it does have that feel to it. Where, I mean, in some ways, one of the things that makes it so fitting is like, he's just faced the dark one. Who is supposed to have been, supposed to have been his like big baddie. But at the same time, it's really Shamael Moradin who has been his enemy number one weird comrade in a way. Yeah, since like the very beginning of the book. So it does make sense that they would like each choose their direction at this point at the end together to create a new beginning and seal an ending yeah
2: yeah absolutely i totally understand though like you know rand is many people's like favorite character like he's the first one you're introduced to so like I can totally see like him being this powerhouse, the strongest channeler that ever lived. Like he is the one. Like you wanna see him go full out like, one power nuclear. Mm-hmm. But I had that same feeling of disappointment with Nynaeve because I was like, You're gonna tell me
1: mm-hmm. my
2: girl, mm-hmm. Nynaeve Almira, <laughs> is sitting on the sidelines, like mm-hmm playing defense for the Dragon Reborn and doing not a whole lot of channeling mm, when she is this absolute, this so horse to be reckoned with. Not on the battlefield. What? You're kidding me. Mm-mm. But there's so much going on that it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. There has to be this squad of defenders, you know, with Rand. And I love that it's, Moraine and Nynaeve Mm -hmm. there and it speaks so much to their characters just to, you know, be that loyal there at the end for Rand and I love that.
0: Yeah. I do too. I think that's the part that like kinda soothes it for me and makes me feel like her being there is part of what keeps Rand pulled together. Like Nynaeve has been this fierce protector. To... There's no one else
2: that could have done it exactly. No one. It, what, Egwene? No, right. that's no. never gonna happen. She's...
0: I mean, seriously, Egwene's been like running away from and for ages, it feels like <laughs> you <laughs> know, like she's not gonna be. They don't even get along, right? She's, not... <laughs> she's I mean, like, I'm married she... now, I'm the Emerald C, I got stuff going on. You find someone else to take care of you and hold your hand. Yeah,
2: and I mean, Min, what's she going to do? She can't channel. She can't really <laughs> defend him. She can't defend him she in that She can't vision situation. her way through it? No. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it definitely makes sense of who's there with him and whatnot. And I even in that regards of Morden being there, you know, as the last adversary for Rand and mm-hmm. almost the mouthpiece for the Dark One. Yeah. So I don't know, was there anything else that in your notes that you wanted to talk about? Anything
0: anything at all? I feel like there are the things that are like really obvious about Ishamayel slash Morden that like pretty much everybody knows, like just him creating the Black Aja and always posing as Balzman. Like he gets like this weird free pass to like Moonlight, as (laughs) yeah, as like the dark one, where he's like, "Don't worry, guys, it's totally chill." (laughs) I'm allowed to. I got this. It's fine. It's fine. I just think that that's interesting because they do it in the in the show too, where they're like, "Oh yeah, this weird, weird guy, fire, fire eyes." Yeah, (laughs) like there he is. Got to be the dark one. now just a Shemayel. Apparently, it's like his madness, his tenuous hold on his sanity that causes him to have fire eyes I mean that's obviously the right answer (laughs) it's a great
2: party trick
0: (laughs) oh yeah look what I
2: can do (laughs) I would love to you know empty out the bakery so I could
0: be first in line for
2: donuts with that trick (laughs) all of you out or else you get the fire eyes
0: you know what's up I mean really that was about it
2: No, I will say though, there was one there the only other thing that I kind of wanted to mention was just when we're talking about all of the Forsaken, mm-hmm. Moradin Ishamael should have probably been the only one that gets reborn Mm. and spun back out.
0: There are an awful lot of like resurrection moments with the Forsaken and it gets it gets tedious.
2: Yeah, like, there's enough, you know, evil and, Mm -hmm. you know, characters in the books that could have been focused on, where it's like, do we really need Mm -hmm. Hesalam? No. Do we really need Halima? No. Do we really need Erengar and Osingar?
0: Absolutely (laughs) not. (laughs) Do we need Sindane? No, she does nothing. Like Halima was
2: hands down, like, the most worthless character right me.
0: i mean what why 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 was she there to make it so that you had like one character who was a female that channeled Sadine? whoop de doo like <laughs> give me something more than that it's just i don't know kind of a pointless addition and i feel the same way about Sindane. i don't know why lanfear is brought back and then just like barely ever used <laughs> Tyler Tatara says she was there to make that boring five-book arc interesting. And I agree with you, Amber. It was boring with her. There's just, I don't know. I just don't know. There's, like you said, there's enough already. There are enough things to pay attention to. And I mean, just don't kill them in the first place.
2: I would say for the TV show, I think that the rebirth of Ishamayel... That should be like the main focus, and I, I don't think they have enough time
0: for all the other. Oh my gosh, yeah! Cut them out, clean it bangs. up, tighten up your story.
2: I don't think they'll even have all of the Forsaken in the show, mm-hmm. so it's possible that we only see one rebirth through, or not rebirth, but reincarnation. I guess
0: I would be okay with that. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like storylines, and like how much cleaner it could be, especially since they're looking at like eight seasons. Like you don't have time for a gajillion Forsakens, their reincarnations, the weird petty infighting that just doesn't even propel the plot in any way. You can just hack it out; it's fine. And I, it's overused. It's overused. Yeah. Like I understand the reincarnation thing, but like the constant like just oh i'm grabbing your soul and bringing you back and i'm grabbing your soul and bringing you back like why then you it's like you like you're always expecting somebody to come back unless you burn the body and even then the was dust he was dust
2: yeah balefire is the only other
0: option yeah 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 fair game if you want it
2: out though <laughs> Could have just had someone bail right.
0: I'm pretty sure he could have walked up to any of the Forsaken and been like, dude. Bail fire me, bro. <laughs> but
2: no, that's, that's all I had. And unless you yeah. had anything else,
1: I think we should probably wrap it up.
0: No, that's great. That was so fun.